Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Today requires a horribly beatboxed extra bonus intro music because today is Hoop Ball Product Release Day, everybody. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-
purposefully do not pay attention to rookies for reasons we've gone over a million times. Most notably, they basically don't ever have any fantasy value, especially in a, what you know will be a slightly shortened season, jamming it in there. So, you know, looking ahead to those, I don't think made sense as a special thing to do on today's show. Going over the results of some other draft or data that's been pushed my way, I don't think that's special enough. So what I thought I would do on today's show to make it special, and don't worry, this isn't the only time I'm going to do this, but this is sort of your, this is the very early iteration of this. I thought we could talk about Three guys that I think could be, and and it's not locked in stone yet because free agency could change things on all of these fronts, but I want to do three guys that I am pretty damn sure will be on the Dan Bespris old man squad this year. I thought it might be fun to do something big, to make it a big podcast. It's a blowout. It's my way of saying, here, here's some of the stuff that, you know, we like to keep a little bit close to the vest, but generally wait a little bit longer on. Here's some of the stuff that you guys are always asking for, and as a way of, it's my way of thanking you for checking out some of the stuff that we're going to be selling, or are now, I guess I should say, selling, because it's, it's Monday morning, so we're... It's all on sale. The landing page is up. I can't give you the link to the landing page here over the podcast. It's too long. Um, I mean, I guess I could, but you, the odds of you remembering it are somewhat low. It's hoop-ball.com slash cartflows underscore step slash 2020 hyphen 21 hyphen preseason hyphen fantasy pass hyphen landing hyphen page. Yeah, right? Not didn't work that well. Uh, best way to see all of the products available at HoopBall right now is just to follow HoopBall Fantasy on Twitter. Hopefully some of you guys got on our email list last week if you weren't already on it because we will be sending out uh, marketing blasts over the course of the next couple of weeks. And those are the two ways to do it. So um, HoopBall Fantasy on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, I'll be retweeting stuff periodically throughout the week as well. Uh, but please do do that. Don't don't try to type in the, the URL. It's a little bit too hard. So here's the plan for today's show. I don't want to outline it specifically because then some of you guys are going to know exactly when you can crank it to 3x or 4x and zip through one of the promos. But we have a few things we do need to sell on today's show. Most notably, the new products at HoopBall. We also need to tell you guys about our partnerships with Manscaped, MyBookie and ExpressVPN, although um, I'll tell you more about ExpressVPN a little later in the week, I think. Suffice it to say, if you're thinking about getting a VPN, expressvpn.com slash hoopball is the place to do it, and that'll probably be it for that promo today. And then uh, in between all of that, because today's sort of your flip-flop, we will be talking about the likely members of the Dan Vesper's Old Man Squad, or a few of my favorites. Some NBA news from over the weekend, and nothing that I thought was a, a massive game changer. Um, you know, we've, we've heard rumors about who's targeting Serge Ibaka. The Lakers came up in that discussion as a team with, I believe, the mid-level that they could offer. I'm thinking other teams could probably offer a little bit more, but, you know, maybe this is a guy who now uh, wants to go and have his best chance to win. Although, you know, the dude does have, he has a ring. Uh, 
So I don't know. I it, to me it feels feels like a reach. Uh, the great Lyle Swithenbank here at Hoopball is back with the Hoopball Pelicans podcast episode that'll start their uh, season back up again. That's awfully exciting. And um, you know, otherwise it's just little blips like Monty Morris wants to come back to Denver. The NBPA did approve the December twenty second start time, but we already pretty much knew that was happening. So. Yeah, I mean, the weekend was relatively quiet from an NBA standpoint, and um, we got just a tiny bit more detail on the Bucks' pursuit of Bogdan Bogdanovich in a sign-in trade. Apparently, they are considering taking on Harrison Barnes's massive contract, so that does, make no mistake, that does sweeten the pot a little bit. Hawks apparently are strongly considering adding Nate McMillan as an assistant coach. That would be nice for them. And uh, John Lucas is set to join Steven Silas's staff with the Houston Rockets. So that that's pretty much it. Um, nothing nothing large or even remotely close to game changing on the NBA news front. But you can bet that will all be changing here pretty darn soon. All right, guys. First things first. Which I guess that really isn't the first thing we'd had a lot of miscellaneous stuff to talk about at the beginning of today's show, which I know is going to kill you guys because of all the things that people have told me over the years, it's get into the damn show quicker. I can't promise that right now. There's too many things going on, and we'll balance it out. There will be days where, you know, I mean, today is product release day. And like tomorrow, maybe we'll jump right into the show and then we'll pivot back to product release. But not today. Today is too special. You guys know that in general, I play nine category formats, so these recommendations that I'll be giving over the next uh, six-ish weeks are going to be largely dialed into that format as well. So, you know, I'll, I'll try to remind everybody and, and we'll highlight stuff like that, um, but it's it, it'll be a little bit different than some of the results we were breaking down on last week's podcast because that was an eight-category industry mock draft. I'll tell you right now, and this is this is a weird one because, you know, I, again, I, I'm basing a little bit of it off of the um, the results from that that most recent mock draft that we were talking about. But there's also other things that that we can use to to draw these conclusions. And I as a sort of a, a, a goofy and vague way to to dive into this, but. The Dan Bespris Old Man Squad, for those that are uh, relatively new here, or, and, and hopefully there are a few of you. That would be a lot of fun for me. The Dan Bespris Old Man Squad is not necessarily the oldest guys in the NBA. It turns out that many of them are NBA longer-term veterans because the squad also tends to be somewhat boring fantasy players, guys that I've referred to as having portfolio, meaning they could walk up to me in a job interview and they can be like, look, this is what I've done for the last 12 years. I'm not going up. I'm not going down. I'm this guy. And those guys, for whatever reason, almost always end up getting drafted later than the numbers they've been putting up for many years. There are Different caveats to that. For instance, Chris Paul last year was a guy who had a ton of portfolio, but his arrow seemingly, superficially, was pointed down. 
And the reason I say superficially is for all the reasons we've talked about before. Chris Paul wasn't getting worse. His situation was brutal. He was in a bad spot. He was on a team that didn't value his premier contributions as lead ball handler, floor general, mid-range enthusiast. He wasn't able to get to his spots. He wasn't able to function the way he has when he's running an offense. And so the move out of Houston, out of a situation that clearly wasn't working for him, was one that was like, look, this is going to turn his clock back. So the question then became, could he stay healthy? And that's where you start to grade out, okay, well, you know, how old, how much of an old man am I actually getting myself into? With Chris Paul last year, he was getting drafted in the mid to late 30s, or just, we'll just say 30s in general. And he's a guy who we knew had a per-game opportunity to be a first-round pick. It turned out he was, like, the second pick of the second round. He was number 14 on a per-game basis last year. This was a guy who, throughout his entire career, had been generally a first-round guy until Houston took the wind out of his sails. So, when you looked at him moving to Oklahoma City, even if he didn't get all the way back to Clippers' Chris Paul, you knew that his per-game numbers were, at the worst probably going to be top 20. So right out of the shoot, you're looking at a guy who's getting drafted in the 30s, whose per game mark almost no chance of being less than top being worse than top 20. So then you start to grade out the games played algorithm. Like if there if it was an 82 game season, how many games do we need to get out of Chris Paul at a top 20 or top 15 clip to where he's worth grabbing in the 30s? And the answer was like he could miss almost 20 games and he still would have hit his mark. And then every one single game over that, he just pushes farther and farther above his ADP. So in your mind, if you guys can visualize this with me, and this is how the Dan Bespris old man squad and drafting in general should be visualized for you. Have a sliding horizontal bar in your mind. The horizontal bar is... Just numbers, one through whatever, it doesn't matter, one through 200. You should have a mark, a single solitary mark, at that particular player's ADP. So with Chris Paul last year, on your, on your horizontal bar in your mind, you should put a dot at 35 or whatever it was last year. Then what you should have is basically like a confidence interval, almost, but not quite, because this isn't straight statistics. This is uh, analysis. And, and I mean, there is a, a confidence interval to it. So the next thing you put on your bar is another bar. Those of you that do statistics for a living, you're t- listening to me talking about this, you're like, this is remedial, this is idiotic. But I, I think it's really important for you guys to visualize this the way that I do in a way that simplifies this process. We want to simplify Everybody tries to make fantasy too hard. It's not. Simplify. That's why we always talk about putting players in buckets, but I'm not going to get sidetracked right now. Too often I get on these tangential ideas. The next bar, and in my mind, for whatever reason, the initial bar is transparent. It's just like a floating bar in the air. And then there's a, uh, in my mind, it's a black dot at the player's ADP. Like I put it on there with a, a ballpoint pen or even a vertical slash if you want. And then there's a blue bar 
That's the way I'm visualizing it because I'm a crazy person and maybe you'll do it with me. It doesn't matter. There's a blue bar that extends basically where this player could end up in a given season with confidence, right? Because any player could end up anywhere, but there's sort of long tails on that if you were going to do it as a, uh, a graph instead of a bar. We're not going to shade in those long tails. It's too hard. So we take a confidence interval, and in for Chris Paul, to continue this one, we have the ADP marked off at 35, or whatever it was last year. And now we have our where could he end up confidence bar. And my thought was, all right, what's the worst thing that happens? The worst thing that happens is he gets hurt and, and misses most of the season. But that's unlikely. What's more likely is that he's going to be, he's going to be dealing with hamstring injuries that are going to cause him to miss some number of games that's significant, but not all. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you're like, all right, well, what if Chris Paul plays 55 out of 82 games? Let's call that your low barrier for confidence on last year. 55 was your low mark. Well, 55 games at our projected Chris Paul per game number, which was basically... I think we talked about him being a first rounder, but again, you have to you have to give some wiggle room there and say roughly top 15 to top 20 would have put him on the season. Again, this is this is important. This would have put him on the season roughly where um someone like a Joel Embiid actually ended up last year. Not that far from there. Embiid played a tiny bit more than uh, 55 out of 82. 55 out of 82 is what? About two thirds, give or take. Yeah, 67 and 0.1. That was pretty good. I did that part in my head. Uh, Joel and Bleed played uh 44 out of what? 65, I think. So that was 68 percent. So it's pretty close. It's a pretty good comparison. Abid was number 15 on a per game basis. He played in 44 out of their 65 games. Uh, which put him where overall? By totals. 55. Okay, so there's your low watermark for Chris Paul. 55. Uh, a player value ranking about um, five one-hundredths or so, 5% better than a league average player, fantasy league average player in your top, whatever, 150, something like that. It's important, by the way, to understand that if this bar was accurate, we're going to have to make an adjustment to it later that I'll mention. Okay, well, what's the high watermark for someone like Chris Paul last year? I don't, I didn't have any confidence he was going to play in all of Oklahoma City's games. As it turned out, he he basically blew past our um, our high watermark for last year. But it doesn't matter what actually happened at this point. This is how we were handicapping it. So uh, the Thunder played. How many games did they do before the bubble? 64? Yeah, 64 games before the bubble. Chris Paul played in all but one. He missed one game. So he was on pace to basically play 81 out of 82. That was not part of our confidence. I thought a best-case scenario for Chris Paul was probably like 76. That was a best case. Unlikely, much like playing in 55 was unlikely, but best case. So if you have someone in the, you know, top 15 to 20 range playing in 
basically every single one of their ball games, you have what turned out to be Chris Paul this year. But let's say you have someone who misses a handful, which would be like Trey Young. I think he played in 60 of their 64. Am I getting that right? How many games did the Hawks have before the bubble? Same number they had total. 67? Damn, they played a lot of games. Is that right? Good grief, people. How the hell did they play so many games? All right, perfect. That actually makes our example better. Trey Young played in 60 out of 67 games. So that is a little under 90%. Didn't need a calculator for that one. 89.6. There, that's what the calculator says. So 89.6 times 82 would be 73. So I said 75, so it's a little bit better. Where did Trey Young end up? He was number 18 on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues. And he was number 10 by totals. Some of that is because his team actually played more games than the other people out there. But he was, by all accounts, right around, if maybe slightly better, than league average in games played. Around 90% is generally considered pretty good in the modern NBA. And he was number 18 by averages. And in our handicapping last year, we had Chris Paul actually ahead of that mark. So the blue bar on the, the graph we're talking about extended roughly from a bottom of 55 to a top of something around 7 to 10, roughly. If we go the Trey Young model, it's number 10. So 55 to 10, that's our gap. Even if you ignore that the value space between players is greater at the top of the board, you still have a 45 uh, player gap, 55 to 10, where the player's ADP is actually on the, the lower end of that. It's inside the lower half. 35 is closer to 55 than it is to 10. So even if you ignore how valuable top players are, you still have more room on the top side. Admittedly, not by much. 25 versus 20, that's a pretty even split. So just based on those markers, you would say, oh, well, this has a very small chance of hitting. Or sorry, not a very small chance of hitting, uh, a small chance of being on the positive side of his ADP. But then we have to remember that the gap between player 10 and player 35, that 25-player gap, is actually much wider than the gap between 35 and 55. Just looking at player values, uh, going off of Basketball Monster right now, the gap between player 35 and 55 in totals this last year was Buddy Heald to Joel Embiid, and it was a player value of a roughly 11% over the average player. So it was an average player times you know, 1.11 is the difference between Joel Embiid and Buddy Heald. The difference between Buddy Heald and number 10 this year, Trey Young, uh, was 27% of an average player. So it was actually two and a half times on the positive side. So if you treated each marker as one average player, you had an 11, you had 11 chances that Chris Paul goes under the marker, and 27 chances 
that he goes over the marker. So 27 now out of 38 is actually the percentage you're working with on that blue bar as opposed to 25 out of 45. 25, 25 out of 45 is what? About 56%. 27 out of 38 is 71%. So in that Chris Paul, and by the way, I was even more confident than that that it was going to work. In this model, I believed Chris Paul to have a 71% chance of beating his ADP, which is, I mean, if you get every guy in your draft with a a marker like that, you're going to win. You're going to hit on a lot of guys. And of course, if, if, you know, Chris Paul hits on the the highest end of that, that number actually goes higher. As it turns out, Chris Paul ended up at, uh, at number seven by totals. So he, he even ripped past everything that we were expecting. Uh, he ended up more like 40% of an average player above that ADP marker, which is crazy. And that, by the way, also highlights the difference between player seven and player 10. It's another 12%. That's the same as what we were talking about between 35 and 55. The difference between Trey Young and Chris Paul this year was the difference between 35 and 55. It's 20 slots of ranking if you're going between the third and uh, fifth rounds. And it's three if you're talking about the first round. So that's a little background of the Dan Vespers old man squad. We are hunting guys who are in better situations, kind of boring, and have a really, really, really good shot at beating their ADP. That took a long time, um, longer than I expected, but I actually think it was a, a pretty damn critical discussion to have on how we get to what we get to in our fantasy it, when we're making our fantasy draft positions. So now, as... Uh, you know, I was going to go back into one of our products at HoopBall, but I haven't actually gotten to any of the players for next year yet. This this is, I think, what's important now. Player number one, that is likely, likely, again, nothing is set in stone, but very likely to make the Dan Vespers old man squad. And this is, by the way, I should I should preface this with, this is not the order. This is not like my favorite Dan Vespers old man squad, guys. This is... Today is a list of guys that free agency should not impact that much that are almost definitely going to be on the Dan Vespers old man squad. Okay? So when I when I say this first name, I don't want you to be like, oh, that's Dan's favorite pick on the draft board. That's not what I mean. This is just a guy who has probably the highest probability of ending up on a Dan Vespers old man squad roster. And that guy is Rudy Gobert. And I, I, I mean, I, I get it. You guys are going to be like, that dude is not exciting at all. Exactly. Rudy Gobert was number 33 on a per-game basis this year after getting off to a pretty damn slow start. Which, by the way, is also relevant because most people tend to forget what guys did at the beginning of the year and focus on the end. And with Gobert, uh, I, I think it's kind of the other way around. He was in the 20s as the season wore on which I think is is more or less what we should expect him to be most of the time. Like, he's not, he's not going to be that number 12 guy or whatever folks are expecting. Um, he's still very, very good in blocks. 
very good in rebounds, very good in field goal percent. He still hurts you in free throw numbers. But where I think things have have changed for Gobert is that it seems like his body now is a little more ready for the rigors of an NBA season. There's less crazy leaping going on, okay? You know, he's, he's not blocking closer to three. He's, he's going to be closer to two than three going forward. And, you know, that puts a little bit of a dent into things. But I thought it was really interesting that he actually played his highest number of minutes per game this most recent season with very few ill effects. Very few ill effects. Um, the Jazz played 72 games, if you include the bubble. Gobert only missed four out of those 72 games. He played in 81 out of their 82 games last year. He has seemingly put those knee issues behind him, and maybe that's by staying a little bit more grounded. Uh, his free throw percent is, is never going to be good. He's a 63 percenter. And that's just going to be there. But the extra minutes got him to a career high in rebounding this year at 13 and a half. He was one point off his career high in scoring at 15 instead of 16. And that'll probably stay uh, relatively static. And the Jazz don't have a big power forward anymore. You know, there isn't a Derek Favors that's going to come in and soak up a ton of minutes and grab a bunch of rebounds away from him. It's Gobert's interior. So he's going to be a very easy player to handicap simplify guys we're simplifying this year rudy gobert is an easy player to handicap prior to the bubble prior to the bubble he played in 62 uh of their 64 games so he actually missed if i recall he missed bubble games yeah jazz played 72 games overall so 64 pre-bubble and gobert played in 62 of those pre-bubble basketball games I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting that number right. He averaged 15 uh, and 13.7. 15 points, 13.7. Am I getting that? Something's wrong here. Am I including... Did a uh, did a preseason game get lumped in with some of the other stuff? Ah, who knows? Something screwy is going on with my numbers. Regardless, um, 15 points, 13 and a half rebounds, two blocks, 0.8 steals, 70 roughly percent from the field which is um, pretty beefy. And obviously, you know, turnovers are going to be relatively low. 1.9, not not too far sub-average. By totals last year, this, this COVID-shortened season, Rudy Gobert was number 14. I don't know exactly where he's going to go in nine category leagues. I do know that he went in the 40s in our eight category league. Which is notable... Because even when you included, uh, when you when you take turnovers out, he was still number twenty this last year. Because his turnovers actually weren't that low. That wasn't that big of a of a difference maker for him. It moved him from fourteen to twenty. Nine cat, eight cat. There's a lot of Rudy Gobert hate going on, and admittedly, you know his per game numbers were a little bit down this year. He was a mid third rounder on a per game basis. But he's shown himself now to be durable all of a sudden. And I think there's actually room for him to grow year over year. Like there's, it's not guaranteed that he only blocks two shots a game this coming season. That could actually get better. You know, like, 
it could be a trend. He could be stuck at two blocks a game. But it's not a guarantee. It's not. Um, he played in seven. Played in seven? No. Played in all eight of their bubble games? Anyway, something's not adding up on my side. I don't know exactly what's going on here, but maybe we're giving him credit for one more game played than he actually had this last year. Uh, by all accounts, Gobert was actually starting to block more shots as the season went on. Um, I think his rebounding was coming down as he was getting slightly more tired. But overall, uh, he was extremely consistent. And that's what we look for with Dan Bespris, old man, old man squad guy. So again, it's not that he's my favorite pick on the board. We don't have his nine category ADP yet. But it's looking more and more like this is a guy that's going to slip into third rounds. And in eight category leagues, probably fourth rounds. And if he plays in a decent chunk of his games like he did before, all you need nowadays is a guy who's near his ADP on a per-game basis and outperforms league average in games played. Which is going to segue to our next likely Dan Bespris old man squad guy. But first, I got to tell you guys about the Hoop Ball Fantasy Pass. Most of you that are listening to this podcast know what a draft guide is. I don't think I need to go into the details on that. Hoop Ball Draft Guide for sale now for $19.99. Many of you listening to the show know what the Brewski 150 is. If you don't, let me take 30 seconds to tell you about that. The Brewski 150 is Aaron's top 150, eight and nine category rankings. They are the best in the world. And that is not hyperbole. Every year, Brew runs a B150 in review. And every year, he has hit on higher percentages of his guys than any other rank list out there. Every year. That includes his time at Roto World, by the way. We're not just saying this is something that started at Hoop Ball. It's 10 years in a row now. Or is it nine? It's nine or 10 years in a row that he's been doing it. The last four, right? 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, last four here at Hoop Ball. So this will be number five at Hoop Ball. That, by the way, access to the early Brewski 150, it's not done yet, but an access pass is $29.99. Those together are 50 bucks. But wait, the Fantasy Pass is $4.99 a month. $4.99. Yes, you heard that right. It's the best value in all of fantasy basketball. It includes the draft guide, the early access to the Brewski 150, so you get the bonus week over folks that just get the draft guide, and includes in-season tools. So it'll have all of the hoop ball in-season tools, the appraiser tool, articles, interactive shows, discords with the pros. It is basically, for those that have been around in the past, it's the draft guide, the early B-150, and the in-season membership all rolled into one package for $4.99 a month. There is a minimum month purchase for folks that get it now in the lead-up to the start of the season. But it's still... It's still $20 less than getting the draft guide in the B-150, the early B-150 together. And you get the entire season's worth of hoop ball tools for $4.99 a month on top of the draft guide in the early Brewski 150. That's insanity, what we've done. Please go check that one out. You're going to love it. That one's like the ultimate no-brainer. I have more no-brainers for you, but 
because I promised I was going to be spending a lot of time on the, uh, the products for sale, I want to make sure I'm giving you guys what you want, which is Old Man Squad. So again, what I'm saying right now, I will clarify once again. What I'm telling you is not a guy that is 100% on the Dan Mespris Old Man Squad, because we can't have that until after free agency is done. And, frankly, until we start to get some information uh, on ADPs of these guys. What I'm telling you today are guys that I believe have the highest chance of making it onto the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad. By the way, thank you to everybody that's been signing up over at mybookie.ag with promo code HOOPBALL. That partnership continues. We are extraordinarily grateful for you and for them, all of us working together and just having a blast it's been awesome. I'm making making so much money. It's great. Uh, I'm not. I don't bet very much. I'm I'm a little bit of a cautious fellow, but uh, the guys over at Hoopball Gaming are just are running. Uh, they're they're incredible. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. The next one, and, and to me, maybe this is he. This is like an honorary mention for number one. The other guy that's almost definitely going to be on the Dan Bespris Old Man Squad is a repeat offender. Because somehow, despite what I thought was actually a relatively successful fantasy season, everybody hates this poor sap. And that's our old buddy Tobias Harris, who was drafted right around 50 last year. His per-game rank was 53, so he was right on the money as a fifth-round pick, putting up fifth-round numbers every day. 19 and a half points, seven rebounds, uh, a little over half a steal, half a block, almost two three-pointers, 47% from the field, 81 at the free throw line, low turnovers. There's not a lot to dislike there. I mean, he didn't blow the roof off in any one statistical category, but he is he's basically right around league average in a bunch of stuff, a little bit sub-league average in steals for someone playing a lot of small and power forward, but above it in scoring, Above it in rebounding, above it in three-pointers, better than league average in free-throw percent and turnovers, uh, and then just slightly under it in assists and uh, field goal percent. I think blocks is the only thing. No, steals, actually, is really the only thing where you, where you look at it, you're like, meh, wish there was a little bit more. But he's not going to be that guy. But he played in every single game. He played in all 65 games. This 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 jump, I think, should shake you to your fantasy core. Tobias Harris, we just told you, is number 53 on a per-game basis. But if you get a fifth-rounder who plays in 100% of his games, he becomes a second-rounder. Tobias Harris was number 24 by totals pre-bubble. Don't care about the bubble. Too weird. And everybody hates him. He's, everybody's saying he has the worst contract in basketball. I don't give a crap what his contract is. We're playing fantasy sports right now. This dude played 34 and a half minutes a game and didn't miss one damn night. He has now, I think, shown definitively that he has the 10th category, which is he freaking plays. He freaking plays. He played in all 82 games last year. Despite being traded midseason, he didn't miss a game. He got traded and didn't miss a game. 
the previous year, where he also got traded. He played in 80 out of 82 games. The previous year, where he didn't get traded, actually played the whole year with Detroit, fluctuating between coming off the bench and starting. He played in 82 games. Tobias Harris is arguably the most durable player in the NBA right now. Knock on wood, everybody's durable until they're not, I know. He missed one game, including the bubble, this year for Philadelphia. One. He missed a grand total of three games over the last four seasons. Including two trades mid-year. That's absurd. He plays. It's not as important. We've talked about this before. A a top 100 guy who plays in every single game, yeah, he's going to get ranked by totals at like 75. But, meh, not that exciting. A top, this is basically 50, fine. Top 53. A top 55 guy who plays in every single game becomes a second round value. Even if you're even if in your mind you're like, yeah, but a lot of that's just because he was out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your fifth round pick is important. You might be able to find a fifth round pick who does a tiny bit better than their ADP on a per game basis. But the comparison we always make on this podcast is this. If you have a top 120 guy who plays in every single ball game, that guy, let's see, who was that guy this year? Using an actual player makes this a lot simpler. Um, Maxi Kleba played in 66 games before the bubble. He was number 122 on a per-game basis, and by totals he was 74, which sounds great, except when you think, well, wouldn't I rather have a guy who is in the 70s on a per-game basis and misses 10 games because they would basically be the same rank. And in those other 10 games, I can just fill in somebody. I'd rather have... Let's see, what's a good example from this last year? I'd rather have... Let's look in the in the 75 to 85 range. I'd rather have... Malcolm Brogdon for 48 games... And then 18 of Maxi Kleba on top of that. Or some other free agent you picked up who was posting top 120 value. Because 48 games of Malcolm Brogdon plus 18 games of a different of a top 120 guy is better than 66 games of a top 120 guy. Here's where the, it's different for Tobias Harris. The difference there is if you get, say, 55 games out of who was in front of Tobias that played about 50? Kelly Oubre. If you got 56 games out of Kelly Oubre Jr. or 65 out of Tobias Harris, the vote there is Tobias. Because you're not going to find someone on the waiver wire that's going to give you nine games to cover that gap. Where did those two guys end up by totals is a really good question. Tobias was number 24. Kelly Oubre was 48. You're not going to find someone on the waiver wire to cover the gap between 48 and 24. That's why durability is a big deal 
for early and early mid-round picks. On top of all of that, the durability discussion is great, on top of all of that, Tobias Harris is now playing for the coach under whom he had his best career marks. Before getting traded to Philadelphia with the Clippers, Tobias was averaging 21 points on fewer shots per game than he took in Philly this last year because he was shooting almost 50%. He also was at 87.5% of the free throw line. I don't know if that sticks, but it could. I mean, this last year was actually one of his worst free throw shooting seasons. So, you know, by all accounts, he can actually be better without much changing at all. I love that Daryl Morey is going to have a hand in things. And I think he's staring down the barrel of a very consistent and solid season. So there's your second most likely guy to end up back repeat offender here on the Dan Vespers old man squad. I was talking a minute ago about uh, how much fun we're having with our guys over at mybookie.ag and the Hoopball Gaming crew. They're at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. But as of today, the Hoopball Wager Pass is out and about. That's $9.99 a month. That is nothing. That is nothing. I'll say it again. That is nothing for a for a daily handicapping and picks from the pros, including myself. I'll be doing NBA this year. Aaron Bruski. Devin Ellington. Troy's going to be on soccer. It's going to be... Uh, I, I'm just... I'm so excited about... I'm sure I'm missing people. Uh, this wager pass. It's going to be covering all major sports, NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, you name it. There'll be picks on it. Most pick selling websites. It's like 25 or $30 for one pick. And if you want to get a season pass, it's like $400 for one guy's NBA picks. In fact, that's what it was. When I worked at pregame 10 years ago, it was $400 for my NBA season. This is $9.99 a month for picks from all of our handicappers. And while we're talking about the wager pass, it's important for me to tell you about the premier item available now at HoopBall, and that's called HoopBall 360, which is everything. That's $12.99 a month. It has the Fantasy Pass that I already told you about, the Wager Pass, the DFS Pass, which, by the way, is actually in the Fantasy Pass also. So if you like DFS, that's included in the Fantasy Pass and HoopBall360, which is going to have all of our DFS stuff. I haven't talked more about it because DFS isn't starting for a month. Uh, Yeah, preseason will be getting around under that one. The uh, HoopBall360 also has the earliest B150 access we've ever given out. It's actually a week before the traditional early Brewski 150, and two weeks before it gets put into the draft guide. So the HoopBall 360 is $12.99 a month. That is all of the stuff. It's everything we've got here at HoopBall. You'll have access to uh, VIP events, chats, uh, discounts on apparel when that's out there, your own forum. You're a HoopBall VIP at that point. That's only $12.99 a month. I think that's all that I wanted to really hype on the products being launched. So let's do our third and final most likely to end up on the Dan Vespers Old Man Squad. 
and this was a hard one, not because there, uh, because there weren't other options, but actually because there were too many. Because where a guy like a Rudy Gobert feels like almost a shoe in to get on the list, and Tobias Harris is just like he's the prototypical Dan Vespers old man squad. This this final most likely spot. I don't know that there's any one guy that's clearly above the others. I'll tell you, and in fact, you know what I'll do? Screw the most likely. Here is the list of guys that I'm debating between calling the most likely, and I'm betting you'll find some of these dudes on the list when we get there. Uh, Nick Vucevic was probably going to end up on the list because people hate him all of a sudden, and I, I don't fully understand why. I think Paul George is in a spot to be uh, in, in a really nice situation, even despite the quick turnaround here. Um, Rob Covington is a possibility. Kyle Lowry is almost definitely going to be on the list. Doesn't hurt that he actually is an old man. <laughs> well, we'll see where he ends up getting drafted. That one will be a bit ADP dependent. Um, the list goes on, man. It, like LaMarcus Aldridge, he's getting drafted in the 60s and 70s now. Um, Jonas Valanciunas is probably going to has a, a potential ticket to the list. Uh, Victor Oladipo is probably going to get a ticket. Marcus Smart, Otto Porter Jr. There's a lot of guys. Eric Bledsoe that I think are going real late in drafts this year. Well, once we get through free agency and get some ADPs, we can lock some of these guys in. The last thing I want to tell you guys about on today's show is, of course, our buddies over at Manscaped.com. And, by the way, We've been doing it on this show for a while, but officially now at Manscaped.com, they are pushing the Weed Whacker. That's the electric ear and nose hair trimmer. Technically, it's just a nose hair trimmer, but you can use it on either of those. Uh, The Weed Whacker, which has been redesigned as well, uh, is only 40 bucks. Pretty good, right? Um... And then you get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code HOOPBALL20. So it actually drops down to 32 plus tax with free shipping. It's a really neat product. Really neat product. Uh, it has the same skin-safe technology as the traditional uh, lawnmower does. A powerful, powerful battery, 9,000 RPM motor, and 360-degree rotary dual blades. It's also waterproof. All their stuff is waterproof. So good over there. Manscaped.com, promo code HOOPBALL20. Check out the Weed Whacker today, post-haste. But really, today is a day to celebrate product release. Please, guys, go to hoop-ball.com. You'll see advertisements for it all over the main page. Follow at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter. Go get yourself situated for the coming fantasy season. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you guys listening to all the promo today. We're going to have a bunch this week, but this will be the biggest I am Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Have a wonderful, wonderful November the 9th. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.